in five, four, three. Hey, everybody. This is Danielle. And this is Juan Valdez. And I'm tired. And this is Hoosier <laughs> Homicide. <laughs> A true crime podcast by Hoosiers for Hoosiers or for anyone who doesn't know what a Hoosier is. <laughs> what voice is that? I don't know. <laughs> the guy who uh, voiced over Winnie the Pooh. Ah, Jim something. I don't know. No, Robin Williams did a thing talking about Winston Churchill could have uh, voiced over Winnie the Pooh. By Al, in the sea, Tigger and Eeyore. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. We back. We back. Say good. You say good. Good. Say we back. We back. There you go. Is that better? <laughs> you better not edit out my we back. I would never edit out anything that you say. That's bullshit. Mm-mm, no way. Well, what if I just start saying my social security number? I'd leave that in. <laughs> I'm not going to do that. <laughs> the guy from LifeLock posted his social security number on a billboard, you know, saying, "There, you know, I'm selling my product. There's no way people can steal my identity. How many times do you think his identity got stolen? Several. I think it was at least nine. So LifeLock didn't work. No. Well, that experiment went wrong. Yep. Don't <laughs> just don't advertise that type of stuff. Don't do it. Do not post your number. That sounds like the movie Billboard Dad. Except less. What? <laughs> you never seen Billboard Dad? No. It's I Mary value Kate, myself. It's a Mary Kate Nashley movie. I was getting ready to say. I think I've seen that title, that name before. It's a Mary Kate Nashley movie. Don't mm-hmm. demoralize them. Mm-mm. Okay, we're gonna act like you didn't watch Full House every single day growing up, because you liked Michelle. Yeah, I like her. So you don't as the character, or it takes two. It takes two, but you don't like Billboard Dad. No. Why? Shit got weird. Billboard Dad's a good movie. They just posted their dad's dating profile on a oh, billboard. Oh, okay. That sounds much more charming. Was there no? What were in- you thinking? I don't know. I'm not real sure what I was thinking. I was thinking more the office. Super judgmental. You were thinking more the office where he posts like sexual positions on accident. <laughs> oh, Dwight. Andy and Dwight take uh, take pictures of. Uh, of themselves to put on a billboard for Dunder Mifflin, <laughs> and they're quite provocative poses. And people drew penises in. And people people went up and yeah, go up on the billboard and draw dicks on them. And no, they billboard. Were, de- wow, you were just judging the movie by its title. That's just that's where the I number went. one thing they tell you not to do. I do it every day. So yeah, they t- they post their dad's dating profile. Unless you're watching The Human Centipede, you can judge that book by its cover. <laughs> right. Don't watch that. I hate no. No, it's not my thing. You'll be okay. Uh, first of it. all, I don't like centipedes. I know it has nothing to do with that, but I don't like them. But can it read? <laughs> <laughs> so how's everybody doing? Carla, where have you been this weekend? I went to St. Louis this weekend. It was fun. What'd you do there? Went to the Anheuser-Busch Brewery, and I bought a Budweiser t-shirt. <laughs> and you were in bed by 8. Uh, yeah, we, were, we went to take a nap, and then next thing I knew it was 8 a.m. <gasps> it was cool though we stayed in the st louis union station hotel and which is a, an old rail r- railway station mm-hmm. that they converted into a hotel it's really nice i saw the light show thing 
Hey. I had to do that. That's the first thing I always think of when I yeah. hear St. Louis, Nelly. Nelly. Oh, Nelly. Wow, good out. old Nelly. We used to we used to ride around when I was in middle school in my mom's <laughs> Buick Rendezvous bumping to Nelly. <laughs> and I tell you what, that the sound system in that fucker would thump, you know. <laughs> Your mom was bumping. You get mom to put in a CD with explicit language and she'd go, what do you And then she didn't take it out yeah. of the CD player, though. No, I accidentally, like, played a Maroon 5 song, and Dad heard, this is horrible. What is this? <laughs> wow. Was that recently? Yeah. <laughs> what is this? This is horrible. Say easy, Willie Nelson. <laughs> <laughs> and then I was like, you just don't get it. Dad. Oh. You're ruining my life. Oh, if you're not careful, I'm going to move out of this house. And then they're like, hmm, there's oh. no hmm. <laughs> I went to this restaurant called Total or Twisted Ranch. Mm-hmm. Everything had ranch. Everything. So it's not just a clever name. No. It was <laughs> there was like a line to get in this place. Because they've been shared on Facebook so many times. And now talked about on a podcast. Yep. I have an so idea for really good. a restaurant. What's it called? What is it? Untwisted Ranch. <laughs> so nothing has ranch on it. Everything has barbecue. <laughs> Maybe. It was really good, though. Highly recommend. How much snow did they get in St. Louis? None. And it, then everyone, Dad was all worried driving home. We didn't see snow until we got to 465. Yep. Oh, yeah, a lot of it. We got, uh, for those of you that don't live in Indiana, which I guess not all of Indiana even got snow, but we got shit on yesterday. By would we get like six or eight inches of snow? Fucking bullshit! And it is almost April. But it's, it's spring. It's been spring for four but days it's now. Mostly gone now. Yeah, it is actually a lot of it has melted away. But it killed our tree. It like bent our fucking tree in half. And your tree is a pussy. I think it's just a giant bush, an untamed bush. <laughs> if I've ever seen one, uh, I've that seen, worked. I've, that worked. I've seen an untamed that is bush. Seventies bush out there. I don't appreciate bush. Unruly. Oh. No one likes bush. I'm getting out the hedge clippers. Then <laughs> <laughs> I think it's so not funny. That bush is so out of control. A rabbit was living in it. It doesn't seem like that. It was it. living in it, but it met its demise last night. It was so out of control. The bunny was At living midnight. in its natural habitat. <laughs> Not poor. Yeah, poor Boris caught her bunny rabbit last night. <laughs> what is it? Um, what does your mom call it? Captain Insano? Oh, uh, calls Lucy Captain Insano. Well, he pulled My a Captain dog. Insano. No, no, no. My mom calls Lucy Captain Insano because uh, our daughter went up and fucking poked her in the <laughs> eye once. <laughs> <laughs> Captain Insano. Captain Insano showed no mercy. <laughs> Open a can That's of whoop ass. Yeah. So wait, is your daughter in Captain Insano or? We're not sure yet. Yeah. Okay. Well, I don't know. I don't ask questions. I just smile and go along. But anyways, at midnight last night, our dog beat the shit out of a tiny rabbit. He didn't know. Yeah. I had to take some anxiety medicine. It stressed me out. I don't think he knew any better. Mm-mm. If what that else? changes anything. No. He, he wasn't sorry about it. 
does he look sorry now? He looks now? cute now, though. We'll post a picture of our demented mascot. He's cute. He's really cute. Um, Sometimes. We're going to read the text message conversation that Dad shared with us, but made sure to leave Mom out of. <laughs> I got to find it. Who? Um, I think, Daniel, you should read it. Okay. Hang on. Let me see if I can find it. Okay, so this is from Danielle and Carla's dad. This is on Wednesday. <clears throat> Should I do it with a voice? I don't know. Carla, quit fucking texting and. Sorry, my friend. She lives in Pittsburgh. She went to New York this weekend. Does she listen to the podcast? No. Well, there you none go. None of my friends do. Just so you know, I'm gonna start paying them to listen. My For friend. <laughs> my friends do. Yeah, they do. But do they pay Come us to listen? Huh? Do they pay us to listen? I don't think so. I don't think anybody does. We have a Patreon. We're asking for $40 a month. We don't have any rewards. We're just asking for money. Zach, I know you got the money. Yeah. You can pledge as little as a dollar a month. Cool. Yep. Okay, go ahead. Okay, so here's the uh, text message from Danielle and Carla's dad. It says, hadn't checked my email for a while. That was a mistake. I could have been dating a hot Russian. Lonely Russian girls looking for boyfriends. I think I was handpicked because I'm also offered a gorgeous Asian bride. <laughs> but here's the kicker. As luck would have it, I can also have an all-natural supplement that'll allow me the ability to satisfy two girls. But wait, there's still more. Vivax can give a man an erection, the erection of his life. That would come in handy since sexy Becca has unlocked her private videos just for me. <laughs> All of this, and I can simultaneously lose 20 pounds a month drinking vinegar. <laughs> I need to check that spam box more often. That's where all the good stuff is. Oh, my God. I read that when I was at work. I was like, what the I was in the car, I think, with the, and I was reading it out loud to you. And all I said was podcast content. <laughs> oh, and the other thing... I was going to say, uh, mom's been going through our aunt's, our great aunt's, like, stuff, you know, Carla? Yeah. Did you know that our aunt has printed every email that she ever had? <laughs> no. <laughs> Since, like, the early... Wait, even even the, like, the Vivax can make you go... <laughs> yeah, especially those, because there's a coupon <laughs> attached. <laughs> No, like since the early 2000s-ish, like printed every email correspondence that she's had and put them in it. And sometimes they're in designated folders too. Like our cousin, when he was sick, like there's a separate folder if they were talking about like his illness, like conversations with- Was there anything good in those? I think- uh, like Meemaw and Frank were pack rats too, weren't they? As far um, as papers. Saving, yeah. As far yeah, as saving documents. They liked and, papers. They liked yeah. papers and they did all this and yet- I went to a high school where you went like a retreat with your class and like all your loved ones would write you letters and Meemaw sent me one that was like, have a good retreat. Yep. Meemaw. And it's funny that <laughs> and mom and dad are like, we love you. We're proud of you. And like, like all my friends are like, oh, you, you, we love you. Blah, blah, blah. And Meemaw's like, have a good retreat. <laughs> Mine from mom and dad are like, get your shit together. We love you. <laughs> I can only imagine what Danielle's letter said. Oh, it's God. it was she put candy in it, so it was all good. See? Yeah. Hard candies. Hard. Yeah. She'd put any money in there? You think she has money to give? Wait, who are we talking about? 
Danielle. Oh, I put money. No, she put candy in there. Oh yeah, well that's what you do for a retreat. Everyone wants candy. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. Um, didn't put any money in there. No, no, you get money later. <laughs> um, but no, have a good retreat. <laughs> Here's five dollars. Thank you, Mima. You know. But Dot also had our cousin's retreat letters printed off too, and those are like kind of personal letters. So we don't know how she had those. Weird. Yeah. So it's like, why do you have these like personal retreat letters Maybe. printed off? Oh. I don't know if their dad emailed them to her. Well, you know, because he likes to wallow in any misery that oh, is involved. Those. Yeah, so it's like mm. share the misery. Yeah. Um, interesting. So any correspondence whatsoever. So some were about how the nuns are doing, blah, blah, blah. Sister so-and-so is doing well for her age, this and That's that. That's a lot of commitment to print off every email. Mm-hmm. Some- Speaking of nuns, Loyola, Chicago. Getting my that might be the same school though. I don't know. Mm. I don't know. Eleven seed going to the final four, and oh, yeah. they have. She's not a mascot, but they have a nun, Sister Jean, that is uh, that has gone. To, she's and she's in her nineties. She's gone to all their games and whatnot. So they keep on showing her. And I tell you what, she is the anti Katy Perry. Yes, Katy Perry is killing nuns, and she likes it. And yet here they are with this nun. They're nun Scott. It's their nun Scott. I like that. They're nun Scott. <laughs> she was like, "We're gonna pray for them to win, and we're gonna pray for the other team just a little less, though. <laughs> just a little less. <laughs> we're not gonna pray for them to fall on their faces in public. Yeah, She's I'm like, not just a pray little less. That someone comes up and buys their property and tra- forces them to move out. Nope. Uh, come on. So yeah, there more email correspondence like. When our grandparents were building their house, we didn't expect the framing to go up this quickly. She, there was, she was emailing their blood work results back and forth. <laughs> it's just fuck? so this random. Is people talk and about. then, and some of it was like ancestry stuff, or mom found out stuff about who's who was an alcoholic cheating on his wife and then left him for another woman. It's like great, great cousins we don't even know. Mom's like, I never knew all that. I might know. You never know. And then she also took pictures. Of like Mima and Frank in their caskets. Why? <laughs> Why? <laughs> one with it open and one with it closed. <laughs> Why? Seriously. It's great. So mom saw those? Yeah. She was like, shit, that's my dead dad. Yeah. <laughs> that's so like I guess you want to make sure, like, here they are in it. <laughs> if you need proof, just go to their grave. Well, you never know if they might take the body out and like just throw it in a cardboard box, like a used Ikea box, I guess. So you want to make sure it was them in the coffin and then they closed it in that same coffin. So we take a picture before and after. Okay. I'm confused. I'm also a little traumatized. Yeah, just a little. I think mom's got him. We should ask. I don't want to see. That wasn't a good time. My mother has told no less than 10 people that her casket better be closed. Really? Ah, yes. yes. She's like, I don't want everyone. She goes, if the kids need to see me, that's fine. But I don't want everyone seeing me. I'm gonna have it where it's like dead. Just keep it. Just where crack it's like it. crack it. <laughs> no, you, if you die before me, first off, I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start the service at eleven. I'm gonna will you in at eleven forty-five. Oh well, yeah. <laughs> I'm fashionably late. There will be a fart machine hooked up to your casket. And I'll be and then you'll there. be cremated, cremated, and then I'm gonna mix you in with Buddy. No, oh, come our, on, our 
old dead basset hound. Come on. And then... In a Folgers can. In a Folgers can. And make coffee with it. <laughs> <laughs> and then we'll just go and... No, we'll take you to the Haunted Mansion ride. Yes, and sprinkle me out as you go. Yeah. That's what people do. I like that idea. I do too. Yeah. Let's do it. All right. Sign me up. Now I'm going to have it a game where you have to like throw darts or something. And then the closer you get, like if someone hits the center of the target, the coffin will open. So, yeah. And you also like, have to be like, doing, <laughs> spring up. up. Yeah. So, connected to a string. as we open or close, they can do either or. I need um, I need an Elvis impersonator at my funeral. <laughs> Why? <laughs> it's because. I also need someone to wear a movie quality stormtrooper costume at my funeral. Done. Thank you. Dad wants Thank you very much. Dad wants to be cremated and then dumped in a privy. What's a privy? You remember on Basically, summer field studies? Somewhere that an outdoor an outdoor urinal. You can't just call it an outhouse? It's a privy. Like it's I don't know what the difference is. Someone can look it up and tell us. You just quit using your fancy words. It's a privy. It's like a hole in the ground that they put a metal toilet shape oh, okay, seat yeah. over. I know <laughs> okay. Privy, a noun. A toilet located in a small shed outside a house or other building. An outhouse. See? Okay, okay. You're a privy. But that's what he wants his I like to, uh, the, the morning of the Indy 500, once I've had a, enough to drink and whatnot, People start getting pictures of me pissing in the urinal. What do they do with what, those? What people? What people? Well, I mean, usually it's on Snapchat. Well, oh. people pee in the hand washing thing too. I would just like, oh, that <laughs> was, it looks like, like a urinal. Oh, that was a good story. So we're leaving before, like, three weeks before the Indy 500. They run on the road course there, and they've changed the name fucking three times. So who cares? Um, but we were leaving. I don't remember if it was last year or the year before, but we're going underneath the grandstands, take a piss, walking out. And, of course, you know, it's, I don't know, there's 35, 40,000 people for this race. So, there, you know, there's a lot of people where we're at trying to use the bathroom. We walk in, and I'm standing in line, and some guy is standing there taking a piss in the sink in between the two, <laughs> the both sides of the walls where the urinal troughs are located. And he's just standing there taking a piss, and some some guy probably in his fucking 50, some crotchety old white guy walks up and goes, Hey! You shouldn't be urinating in the sink. That's disgusting. Which, in all fairness, yeah, it is disgusting. But he looks right at him and goes, who cares? <laughs> he just walks out. But the sink kind of looks like a urinal. They're weird at the track, don't they? The Oh, the Chuck Berry slip and slides? Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're weird. So I don't blame the drunk guy. Who cares? Who cares? I, you know, race day. I, you have some really nice conversations taking a piss. That is not the, weird. Sometimes you just pee in the grass. Oh sure. no, you know, you, you, you know, everyone's nice. And the shiwi. Drunk. Every the woman she-wee. should have a shiwi at the race if you have to pee in the grass. Don't, don't do that. <laughs> Speaking of having to pee. Oh dear God. So we have a fun story, and I think this happened a couple weeks ago. But Monica contacted us on Facebook. Mm-hmm. And asked that we tell this one, and I honestly, this this just tugged the strings of my heart when I heard it. Yes. The headline reads, White Castle customer caught making meth in restaurant. Huh? Oh. (laughs) Just before 11 a.m. Friday, four officers responded to a White Castle in Hobart, Indiana. Uh, We know that one. Yeah. Put money that that one chick's, Barbara Garcia's daughter, probably works at that White Castle. Tammy. 
Tammy. Tammy works there. After employees called a customer using a one-pot method to cook methamphetamines. One pot. Apparently there's more than one method. Oops. Mm -hmm. You know, why somebody would go and do something in such a fine establishment as a White Castle, I'm just beside myself. It's degrading. I assume they figured the smell of the restaurant would overpower overpower the smell. And I tell you what, if I had shown up to get my White Castle and I couldn't get it because the police were fucking arresting somebody for making meth, I'd be mad. There'd be a fight. Fight, fight, fight. Get my goddamn Slater. (laughs) Meth smells. (laughs) I don't know anything about meth. It's highly explosive too. What gave it away when they when uh, someone walked back in with a box full of Sudafed? <laughs> I knew that. Okay. I knew yeah. That. A car battery. I don't know how you do it in one pot. I think it's what only do like. What do you need a car battery for? <laughs> I don't know. What the... I Google how to make meth. Is no, because like, that looks bad. Is there like battery acid or something? Something. Oh. A bunch I've of chemicals. A show before where uh, an ATF agent was making it, so they know yeah. what goes into it, but. The I'll smart drink, people need I'll to drink know. I'm a Diet Coke, but I ain't doing meth, you know. There's enough chemicals for me. I know somebody who used to be hardcore into meth, and boy, let me tell you, they have some fun stories. Yeah. What is meth? Is meth a hallucinogen? No, it's a stimulant. No, every anybody I know that has done meth has at least had one time where they were awake for like four or five days straight. I mean, you can trip on it. Like, it is, but but they pick at their skin, too. Like, they itch a lot, too. Yeah. Yeah. Now my skin is... I like, they have the... They have the side-by-side comparison of the people who, before and after meth, before and after uh, alcohol abuse, before and after heroin, and, you know, obviously, they go from looking like kind of a normal person to... They look fucked up. ...looking pretty rough, and then you have before and after (laughs) smoking pot, and And the before shot, they're just sitting there, and they're they're kind of frowning and then the aftershock <laughs> got a smile on their face. <laughs> no, like it's horrible. <laughs> yep, but the one pot method is pretty dangerous because it's only like thin plastic or something How do separating. You know what the one pot method is? Yeah, read... what's a two pot method? I think the two the bigger method is what they would have done on Breaking Bad. What they had a bigger setup. There's ones that you can set up in the trunk of your car. Why do you know all this? I am the reason we started this podcast and I know just random Inappropriate I, shit you can't share at dinner conversations. Uh, I drink and I know things. Exactly. What's that from? <laughs> Game of Thrones. We can insert a promo here. Some podcasts do it at the beginning for Brohio. Brohijo. And I'm a big fan of them. Brohijo. No, just Brohio. Okay. They're from Ohio. What about them? They're disgusting. I don't think they would appreciate that. No, it's magical. Okay. Yeah. I laugh anytime I'm listening to them. It's great. As soon as an episode of theirs drops, I consume it instantly. She is a consumptionist. Yeah. Yeah. So they cover a lot of different true crime or paranormal or mystery stuff. So they'll do a variety of topics. Nick and Rob. Nick and Rob. I am Nick. And I am Rob, and we are the Brohio Podcast. We cover all the unknown and much more. Aliens, true crime, famous murders, monsters, paranormal, and everything that goes bump in the night. We keep it funny, slightly trashy, and sometimes we like to talk about crapping our... Nick, Nick, Nick. We are trying to make a good impression here. Right, right. 
You can find us on all your favorite podcast apps. We drop new episodes every Monday. We are a member of the Bomb Pod Media Network. We'd love to talk to you on Instagram and Twitter at Brohio Podcast. And the Bros of Brohio do appreciate you listening. We will see you on the dark side. If you kind of like us even a little bit, you might like them even more. Don't say that. No. That you might. I don't know. I'm not gonna be honest here. Don't say that. Yep, so you should go check them out, rate review and subscribe to them and tell them that Who's Your Homicide sent you. They live next door to us. Quite literally. They have Fiona the hippo at the Cincinnati Zoo. Shout out. Okay, what are we talking about? What are we talking about? I have no idea. I was going to say, are you two in on this? I don't like this game. Nope. I can move in if that'll help. So I can know for free. I'll move in. (laughs) No, you can't. Okay. This, ladies and gentlemen, I've entitled Marjorie Jackson's Money. And Daniel will give it a much more colorful title at the end. Probably. Once I know what this is all about. Yeah. Yeah. Tell us about it. I'm thinking we're going to go with Stinky Poo and the... And the hoo-hoos. And the hoo-hoos. Stinky Poo and the hoo-hoos. Oh. We're going to go with Franklin Dan and the Alabama Hot Pockets. Love it. Go do yourself a favor right now. Go to uh, Urban Dictionary and type in Alabama Hot Pocket. You will not be disappointed. Okay. I'll wait. Okay. (laughs) Wait. We have to let Carla (laughs) do this. Carla, would you please read it for our listeners? I'm scared. (laughs) Actually, maybe you shouldn't read it. Why would someone do this? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, that... Oh, these are... I don't know. The terms in this one make it seem... This is more like an instructional manual. An Alabama Hot Pocket is a sexual procedure in which a male and a female couple partake. The first step is for the male to defecate in the female's vagina. Next, the couple join together in sexual intercourse. A close relative of the Cleveland steamer. Don't make the same mistake as your father. When you go to Montgomery, don't buy $20 hookers. They have fallen victim to the Alabama hot bucket. (laughs) That's just wrong. All of that's wrong. <laughs> that's fucked up. I used it in a sentence, though. <laughs> okay, I'm going to start over. I'll leave the, I'll leave your Alabama Hot Pocket in, but I'm going to start the title of the case over. Should I send that to your mother on Snapchat? Sure. Okay. Is everybody I went here? back to the trailer on my lunch break to have a date with my lady. Talk about an Alabama hot pocket. What with this heat wave we're having. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> All right, children, are you participating in this? Okay. It's good. It's a good one. Okay, I'm listening. I worked hard on this. I'm listening. Daniel's not listening. Are we starting? Yeah. Okay. I'm here. Do you know anything about Marjorie Jackson? She sounds like a old lady. Marjorie Jackson. Should I, should I? If I said, 
Okay, no, we'll just keep going. Margie. Any relation Margie. to Marjorie Simpson? No. Oh. Marjorie Viola O'Connell Jackson. Let's just call her Marge. Yeah, we call her Marge. Oh, Marge, Marge sent you. She got her money from her husband, Chester Jackson. Mm. Chester Jackson's money came from his father, Lafayette Jackson, who founded the Standard Grocery Chain, which had about 250 stores in Indy and other cities. I've never heard of it. So It's just called Standard Grocery? Yeah, like they couldn't come up with that. anything better. Just standard. Yeah. M- amazing mediocrity. The average uh, age of my, uh, my co-workers is uh, probably... 15 to 20 years older than I am. So I've heard Standard Grocery quite a bit. I have not. I miss Standard Grocery days. Chester became president of the company in 1931 after his father was shot and killed during a robbery on East Washington Street. Oh, there's a shocker. Yep. (laughs) Then Mr. Jackson, which I'll now refer to him since his dad's dead, sold the chain in 1947 to the National Tea Company. I've never heard of that either. So now his estate is worth more than $25 million. I don't know if we have a calculator somewhere where we can do impromptu money, like what it would be worth today, because there's going to be a Five lot. $5. That was in 1947, $25 million. Survey says the equivalent of $25 million in 1947 to today's money is $286,655,000. $813.95. Got it. It's a pretty good chunk of change. So Chester was married to his first wife when he met Marjorie. She was a rough-around-the-edges girl working at Murphy's Five and Dime store in downtown Indy. They carried on a not-so-secret affair for years before Chester finally obtained a divorce. They were married in 1952, and two years later, they purchased the home on 6490 Spring Mill Road in Indianapolis. Where's that? That is directly north of Indianapolis, but inside the loop, right next to Broad Ripple. Okay. So, like 20 miles from us, Broad Ripple? Yep. Okay. 20 miles from here? Is it? No, no maybe. I'd be going out there a lot more if they were only 20 miles from here. Just kidding. It's directly north of Indianapolis, but not on the north side, technically. So, and these were supposed to be fancy houses. Like, they weren't cheap. They, like, called it the mansions and things like that. They do not look like mansions. Ain't nothing, ain't nothing about it. Like I was wrong. It is only 23 miles from Thank you. Here. But thank it you. still takes 40 minutes. There you go. It feels like a... A lifetime. Yeah. Too far for Uber. So yeah, that side of town, fancy houses, but they don't look like fancy houses. And then Mr. Jackson died in 1970, and Marjorie inherited an estimated $14 million, and it was deposited into her Indiana National Bank. Your, your grandfather <laughs> used to work for Indiana National Bank. Oh. And so did our grandmother. Oh, yeah. Dad's mom. Oh, yeah. So mom's dad and dad's mom both worked at Indiana National Bank. One of them was pretty high up in the range. Frank was, yeah. But the thing is about Chester, he did not like to pay taxes. Chester, there are only a couple things you have to do in your life, and paying taxes is one of them. Yes. 
at the time, you know, standard grocery store, you would go in and you couldn't write checks unless they knew you. You know, it's like, we don't take checks here. And debit cards weren't as common. So it was more that you're paying cash for your groceries. So he would just take that cash and waddle it on home. So he wasn't paying taxes on it. What the hell? Yep, there you go. He didn't like the IRS. So Marjorie was 60 when her husband died and she stayed at their home, but let it fall into disrepair with overgrown weeds and trees and a lot of other she could have afforded to take care of, but just didn't. Instead, she talked to the birds and shouted racial epithets and claimed to grow money. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> now, all that stuff, you could say, a lot of people talk to birds outside, and I a don't. lot of people were racist dur during that time. And she actually was growing money in her house, just just about it. She, her husband brought it home all the time. Mm -hmm. So I could, I could explain that away. She also had two new Cadillacs, one that she didn't even bother to put a license on. 1976, a former vice president and trust officer at the Indiana National Bank, Herbert D. Biddle, was sent. <laughs> Herbert D. Biddle. Herbert D. Biddle was sentenced to 10 years in prison for persuading Mrs. Jackson to place $700,000 of her investment into a trust fund that he promptly drained. So he swindled her out of some money as an employee. Like, how the fuck did you think you were going to get away with that? I asked that about a lot of things. Yeah. She showed up at the bank then to withdraw all of her savings in increments of $500,000 to $1 million at a time in $100 bills. Packed in suitcases and or grocery bags. So she didn't trust this fucker anymore. No, the bank. She was like, I'm done with you people. She hid nearly $8 million around her home. In closets, toolboxes, garbage cans. That's, <laughs> that's a thing. I, I have known several people that either grew up around or their parents were in the, uh, the Depression. Uh, and a lot of them didn't trust banks. I, I knew one old guy that went and bought a brand new Corvette and he told the salesman he had to drive him home so he could get the cash and <laughs> literally got the cash. Yep. Um, that, that's a lot of money. Though. Yeah. It take a lot of effort. See, that's maybe like the <laughs> weight of like how much space that takes up. So, and she also hid them in vacuum cleaner bags. The days we had vacuum cleaner bags. That's a vacuum So in other words, bag. this was the, this was the lady to knock over and. So bank officials, police officers, a judge, and the state prosecutor all tried to warn her that keeping so much money at your home was a risk to your safety. She told them to mind their own business. Fuck, jeez, Marjorie. Jeez, okay. We're just looking out for you. In the, be old kook. In the beginning of 1977, two teens burglarized Jackson's home and got away with about $800,000. But she refused to prosecute them, even after one of them had confessed to it. Well, they got to keep the money? I don't think so. Like, they got arrested for it. And I don't know if they returned the money to her. Uh, an attorney working for the prosecutor visited her at her home uh, after the theft. And he found himself face to face with the barrel of a pistol. Uh, he stated it was one of the coldest days 
but she came out in only her nightgown to tell him and several other lawmen to get off of her property. So he was coming there to say like, hey, we've caught these people that took all your money that broke into your house. They've confessed like how like we want to like, how do we help you? And she's like, get the fuck out of here. (laughs) She just wanted to be left alone. I know. So on May 2nd, 1977, Howard Billy Joe Willard, 38 of Mooresville, Indiana. That's where uh, John Dillinger is from Mooresville, Indiana. Where is Mooresville in relation to us? Oh, uh, 20 minutes. Yeah. Technically, where we're at, it's almost like just directly west and a little more. Okay, that's it. Okay. And Manuel Lee Robinson, 29, of Indianapolis. So we have Willard, 38, and Robinson, 29, broke into Mrs. Jackson's home. And they left with an estimated $1 million in cash. Not too bad. Just to walk in, smash and grab leave so they were emboldened by the ease of that job and knowing how much cash they left behind so i wonder like how much can you carry i don't know how much a million dollars weigh i don't know someone should look that up daniel how much does a million dollars weigh in hundred dollar bills in pennies in, in fucking pennies if she really wanted to do a how was job, it broken was it in hundreds do- was it in ones, hundreds fives, it was tens. in hundreds okay but if she really wanted to like Keep her money safe, she would have pennies. Yep. Because someone would have to come with a bobcat and like shovel it in. And they'd be caught by that time. 22 pounds. 22 pounds. A million dollars? That's not as much as I thought it would be. $1 bills. No. If it was in $20 bills, it would weigh 110 pounds. Well, some of it. probably a mix, is what I'm saying. Yeah, some. I don't know. They returned two days later. However, this time, Mrs. Jackson confronted them, and Willard shot her in the stomach with a twenty-two rifle. Well, it's just a little old lady. Like, yeah, what's she going to do to you? She pull out her own pistol, honestly. They then attempted to set the home on fire. So, like, we got to cover up what we did here. The roof. The roof. The roof is on fire. Let the mother burn. We don't need no water. Okay, so they attempted to start a fire, and it was a small blaze that produced a lot of smoke, so people soon called the fire department, and they showed up and found her body there. They found some other other unusual items, though. Meth. No. Prehistoric dildos. Yeah. Is that a thing? Made yeah, out of... oh yeah. Huh. Oh yeah. As long as man's been walking the earth, people have been shoving foreign objects into their orifices. This is true. I'm glad to know. Okay. They found 50 loaves of bread, 150 pounds of coffee, about 200 dozen boxes of cookies. Yeah, that's my girl. And large cakes. This is my girl. So she was the original uh, doomsday prepper. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Where was she storing all this bread? I don't know. You think bread goes bad bad quick? Price check on Vagisil. Price check on Vagisil. <laughs> She's baking a loaf of bread, and I think it's sourdough. Ew! That ain't right. Me, myself, and I, Irene. I know, yep. <laughs> on, though, the large cakes, she had written messages such as, To God from Marjorie. <laughs> it was a birthday cake, apparently. <laughs> she- Happy birthday, <laughs> dear Well, my God doesn't Jesus. give me cakes. No. So she also had scores of, like, gifts and money and stuff wrapped up in paper and, like, 
washcloths and things and to God from Marjorie to Jesus love Marjorie like she I don't know if anyone told her you can't buy your way into heaven like God doesn't take hundred dollar bills I mean according to what I was taught I could be wrong it's happened before maybe God just does take cakes <laughs> God think, takes the cake on this one I think it's the uh, thought that counts maybe, maybe there because she also had set out all her fine china and cutlery in her dining room, anticipating her feast with our Lord and Savior. So no one knows for sure how much money Mrs. Jackson... <laughs> Sorry. this uh, I took a Snapchat when you were describing what an Alabama Hot Pocket was, except you never say Alabama Hot Pocket when I started recording. <laughs> and my brother just texted me and said, Alabama Hot Pocket? Question mark. <laughs> That's wrong. That's fucking wrong. You guys are both... You're both fired. You're both done. But also, that's kind of impressive. All right. No one knows for sure how much money Mrs. Jackson had hidden or how much was stolen, but some estimate that as much as $15 million was stashed, $5 million was recovered after the fire, and the pair stole between 2 to $3 million each. A salesman from a local Indianapolis car dealership became suspicious and decided to alert the police after men attempted to trade in a brand new Lincoln Continental just two days after purchasing it. You know what? Good man. Pe- people do Good man. People but do that, though. They had paid in cash, 13500 and then returned to buy other cars again, paying in cash. Not, not unheard of. Not illegal. But suspicious, no. maybe. I think it was the fact that it was more than one car in just straight cash. What? In 1977. Yeah. Oh, people used to do all sorts of fucked up shit in the car business in the 70s. Yeah. I've heard I've heard all sorts of fun stories. But so it's possible. People still nowadays, I mean, we get people that buy brand new cars at somewhere else and they bring them back and say, I want to trade out of this thing. It's like, when did you buy it? Last week. <laughs> you own that fucker. <laughs> <laughs> that yours. So they called the police. The serial numbers on the cash matched the ones on record with the Federal Reserve that kept records of Mrs. Jackson's withdrawals because it was so much money. But really, if they hadn't set fire to her house, her body would just would have been left there. And it would have been like, oh, she died. Yeah, no one would have found it for oh, God I mean, they knows. They would have seen that she was shot. But no one would have found it for God knows how long because no one came to visit her. She, No one saw her. So her body would have been left there until the next person, just yeah. a delivery person maybe. Then if it had started to decompose, how much de- like how much evidence they could have atta- yeah. obtained, they and probably still, would have gotten away with it. Yeah, they would have seen that she was shot, but who shot her? Yeah. like So because they set the fire, they were able then to start connecting the dots. And the fact that they started to just blow through this money. That's like, it's like couldn't I'm gonna wait. I've got so much money, I have to spend it. It's like, just go put it on your bed and just sleep curled up next to it, knowing that everything's going to be all right from now on. Yeah. But for the fire, they wouldn't have gotten caught, probably. Robinson was quickly arrested, and $1.6 million was found in a suitcase under a bed at his Northside apartment. And he said a man gave it to him. <laughs> I gotta go see a man. About a dog. About a dog. <sighs> Jesus Christ, you're such a little bitch. 
He eventually gave investigators the phone number of the man, which turned out to be the Mooresville home of Willard's ex-wife, twice, twice ex-wife, 48-year-old Marjorie Pollitt. So it's two Mar- it's Marjorie twice, so I'm only going to call her Pollitt. Okay. And Robinson's current girlfriend, 22-year-old Ann Young. And they found about a half million dollars stuffed inside that house. So now we have two more locations where they've started just shoving money. Uh, police learned that Willards and Robinson met at Shalimar Club, an inner city bar located at 418 East 22nd Street, where they planned the robbery. And that was their plan. That was the plan. Yep. I go, I, I fly to the moon. <laughs> I shoot the moon. I sit on the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> After the first robbery, they went to Pat's Bar in Mooresville, where Willard was buying everyone drinks and at one point lit a cigar with a $100 bill. That's just unnecessary. You're being annoying now. Bill Clinton once stuck a cigar in an intern's vagina. He on purpose? Yes. I don't think it was an accident. <laughs> like, oh god, I fell, I tripped. Oh, sorry, that ended up in your twat. I feel like that's not something you put in there. I do apologize. He also said that he was going to buy the town of Mooresville and rename it Willardsville. <laughs> Glad that didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> I can you can you Google this? Can you buy a town? I sure you can. with stolen money that <laughs> has dirty serial numbers. I'm buying this all old town. Pay off all the politicians as usual. But two days after that is when he totaled his brand new 1977 Lincoln Continental. I hate this guy. God fucking damn it! Was what he said when he wrecked his car. So on May 12, 1977, authorities announced that they had issued warrants. The couple had fled their home in a new model Oldsmobile. (laughs) There's an an entire inside story as to why that is funny. And Barb and Zach will get it. Oh, so yeah, as soon as I read that word, I was like, oh, there it is. We don't get to hear the story. I don't. It's just they always. Okay, so I I used to work with a guy. That worked at an Oldsmobile dealership. And Oldsmobiles were the were God's gift to humanity. In his like opinion. he would have oh yeah, in his opinion, he might put Oldsmobile above above the uh, crucifixion and resurrection of Jesus Christ as far as God's <laughs> gifts to humanity. I mean, that's how much he liked these motherfuckers. I have a video on my phone, and I could probably get it out and play the snoring for you, but he he fell asleep at his desk. He is passed out snoring on the showroom floor, and I went up and fucking videotaped him for like three minutes and attempted to wake him up. Just because he's an old guy asleep, right? Yeah, but that wasn't the only... We had one guy pass that used to go and sleep by the front door. And another salesman went and taped a sign on him that says, if you need assistance, please wake me. Oh, God. Okay. So they fled their home in a new model Oldsmobile pulling a camper trailer. Oh, that sounds like a great idea. Before police and the FBI agents had arrived. So they're on the run. 
I just wanted to quickly clarify that it is Howard Willard and his twice-removed ex-wife, Marjorie Pullett, that are on the run right now. They've already arrested Manuel Robinson and his younger girlfriend, Annie Young. Marion County sheriffs warned that they should turn themselves in for their own personal safety. Like, this is national news. So everyone knows you have millions of dollars and you're driving around in your fucking trailer and And people could just pick you off. White Drango. Anytime. Yep. They could come (laughs) for you and you'd be dead. And nope, nope. But a week later, police were alerted to a trailer park in Temp, Arizona. Tempe? Tempe, Arizona. I don't know if that's how you say it. Yep. That a new couple had arrived and was trying to buy a new trailer using only cash. Agents found almost 180000 in cash and a business card of a noted defense attorney. Oh. Two months later, Paula entered a guilty plea to federal charges of transporting stolen money across state lines and began cooperating with investigators. Honestly, she could have just stayed out of it. Who rolls first? Roll first. <laughs> She would have been fine if she didn't hop in the car. Yeah, and go along for the ride, but that's a lot of money, man. Next, she led FBI agents into the 150-degree heat of the Arizona desert outside Phoenix. Yikes. Where they dug a five-foot hole and found $1.62 million. Why is that where they put it? I don't know. Buried in boxes and wrapped in duct tape. I just don't, don't understand their thought process. Later, she took them to a bridge over the White River in Indianapolis where the twenty-two caliber weapon used to shoot Marjorie had been thrown, which then was recovered by divers. So, yeah, the the White River doesn't keep things hidden. No. Uh -uh. Uh, No. If only it would hide itself. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so the total amount here. The total amount of money recovered so far equaled three... Million five hundred and seventy one thousand and eighty two dollars plus the five million fifteen thousand four hundred and eighty nine found at Marjorie's home. So that's a total of eight million five hundred and eighty six thousand five hundred and seventy one dollars. But wasn't there more? See, that's the question. Like, no one really knows. Like, you know, they bought these cars, too, or light money, light cigarettes. How do we know he wasn't throwing $100 bills here or there or dropping things? So we'll never know, basically. Yeah. Willards was brought back to good old Indiana and stood trial for murder, burglary, robbery, conspiracy, and arson in Marion County, which was almost broadcasted live on local TV. Almost. Until the Indiana Supreme Court said... No. And no. (laughs) Pathologists testified that Marjorie's gunshot wound would not have been fatal had she received medical treatment in time. However, one of those fuckers cut her phone lines. So she couldn't even have got to a phone to call for help. That's pretty evil. Mm Mm-hmm. I I feel like they weren't setting out to murder someone, but once they did... Yeah, like, that seems more malicious. And then they tried to burn her to death. Yeah. He was found guilty on all counts in December 1977 and was sentenced to life in prison plus 15 years. Paulette, yeah, got five years from a federal judge after having completed her part of the deal. In April of 1978... 
a jury convicted Robinson on six counts of burglary, arson, and conspiracy, but found him not guilty of murder and armed robbery. So the fucker standing next to him when they shot and killed this woman and stole her shit was found not guilty of murder and armed robbery. Yeah, that wouldn't happen. So Fuck you! It's not illegal, bitch! <laughs> <laughs> so, wow, that's kind of crazy. Yeah, because we've talked I mean, you about- could be in the wrong place at the wrong time and still get convicted for murder. These days. Yeah, because we had talked about that, you know, the two women that we've talked about that were convicted of murder, even though they weren't even in the same room. I mean, they didn't pull the trigger. No. So now, but this guy is standing next to someone that shot a woman and then helped load up all the cash. How were they able to prove that who pulled the trigger? I don't know. I don't know if he just confessed or admitted to or. Uh, Yeah, he pulled it. And then the guy said, yeah, I pulled it. Because that's the issue. I mean, that's the issue in a lot that we've done is that how do you prove who who pulled the trigger and then who threw the motherfucking ham ham. (laughs) so now i gotta tell that story (laughs) someone my dad knew worked at a grocery store standard it might have been a standard it actually might have been it would make sense then and this lady tried and this was in the 70s Tried stuffing a ham up her dress. <laughs> That's not where ham goes. <laughs> and walking out of the grocery store. And halfway out the store, the ham falls out <laughs> of her dress. And a lot. Uh, there was a bunch of people around. They all saw it. And she looks around and goes, who threw the motherfucking ham? <laughs> I love that lady. Yep. She's, she's my pl- spirit animal. She's playing it off. Someone <laughs> threw that. that motherfucking ham. I never thought to ask what they do after that. but I, I would think nothing. <laughs> Just let her go. Just let her go. <laughs> All right. So Robinson, who was not found guilty of murder and armed robbery, even though he was standing right there, was given a 10 to 20 year sentence and fined $17,000, which he said he didn't have. The fuck, whatever. Uh, we were hoping he still had some, some money. cash. Yeah, they found all of his money buried yeah. in the desert. <laughs> Willard, though, only lived 10 years out of his life sentence and collapsed while jogging at the Indiana Reformatory. That's why I don't jog. Nope, it's bad for you. Robinson served the minimum 10 years and was released in 1988, but was arrested again in 1990. What? I don't know. I couldn't find like it didn't say. So if I I'll add an addendum in the notes or something. Addendum. But so he he didn't continue to be an upstanding citizen. Okay, here's an addendum. Manuel Robinson was rearrested in 1990 for receiving stolen property, theft, and burglary, and he got 20 years for that. Then he was rearrested again in 2007, also in Marion County, for burglary, and he got another six years for that. And this shows that he was released in 2011. All right. Are we ready for the conspiracy? Ooh, yes. See. How the tables have turned. Oh, contraire, Mr. Goldfish. Oh, contraire. Put your socks on. Robinson, the guy that was let out, last thought to be living in Florida. Ooh believed that the law enforcement officials had kept about $450,000 of the cash. So yeah, you do have a lot of officials touching a lot of money, a lot of cash, loose money, that no one really knows how much is where and when and what belongs in what pile for how much. 
So, would it be easy to take some? I would think, yeah. Yeah, it would be Back easy to do. Back in that time. And would it be hard to prove? Maybe. Unless you had the same serial codes and numbers and shit. Uh, his public defender said his client had always insisted he still had money somewhere. Like, it's like, well, funny, you said you couldn't pay your $17,000 fine. So where'd that money come from? Because you owe the court some money. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so according to this private investigator, Don Dervaux, Dervox, Dervaux, I can't pronounce it. I'm going to call him Don. Uh, he has this kind of wild theory that one of the FBI agents may have found more cash than reported and whisked it away to a Swiss bank account. Whisked. Them Swiss bank accounts. Whisked to a Swiss bank. He believed it is possible that an agent skimmed some money from the single recovery site or went back to the desert later and dug up more. I, I mean, yeah, I guess it's possible. Don suspected that money was transferred back from the agent after he retired, coming through a Caribbean tax haven, which I have no idea what that means, and then used to purchase valuable real estate in Phoenix. So he went back to Phoenix. Yeah, like he kept went it. Went back in, to Arizona. Like this retired agent put the money in a Swiss bank account, later retired, brought the money back, and went to Phoenix with it okay. and bought real estate in Phoenix. So he's, this investigator says he has property and financial records that shows this agent's name on money transfers from Switzerland to the Netherlands Antilles and that was used to purchase property in his name and then transferred back to an offshore holding company associated with a trust established by the now deceased agent. It is a conspiracy theory, so it doesn't make sense to me. What would that have proved? That he stole money and hid it away until he retired, got it out, bought property. So he invested. And then I don't know what the point is of transferring it back. He was invest like he used the money to invest in properties so he, to make more money. What you're saying is like it's stolen money. Yeah, he stole money and was able to filter it because the dirty serial codes. Mm -hmm. That's what they're talking about, okay. like a way around it. So Don did a Freedom of Information Act request with the FBI, and the name of one of the agents that helped recover the money was not redacted over five times. So, like, you want an information, Freedom of Information request, and they'll black out stuff. Mm -hmm. Because it's been yeah. redacted. But for whatever reason, they didn't do that to this guy's name. And they didn't list it here, even though it wasn't redacted. And I was like, well, give me the guy's name. So he believes this means other FBI agents are suspicious of his activity or something. But then mysteriously, half of this case file has also been destroyed. Wouldn't you know? Wouldn't you know? Don asked the U.S. Department of Justice to investigate. The agency's internal investigation section said, that's okay, Don. <laughs> but they did send the information to the FBI's Criminal Investigative Division's Public Corruption and Civil Rights Section. So, there you go. And now we arrive to Steve Coors, 69. Of course, like. Mm -hmm, no. A, reti <laughs> a retired Indiana Police Department. <laughs> Not a regular Coors, just Coors Light. <laughs> Who would have thought all these years later that Coors Light and Coors were a different company? <laughs> what? Since when? You said Coors of Coors Light. Like, why didn't you be just of regular Coors? <laughs> the beer. Yeah. What are you Which drinking? I, uh, I am on a diet, 
so I am drinking Michelob Ultra. And I've got to say, since we've started, I've drank four of these things, and I honestly just, you know, whatever. It doesn't whatever. get the job done. I wouldn't drive a car because I've had four beers, but I feel barely moved. Barely moved. Barely moved. I'm sorry my podcast doesn't doing, move you. All it's doing is making me need to piss. Go pee-pee. Uh, well, we're almost done if that helps. Go pee-pee. So, Steve Kors, 69, a retired Indiana Police Department captain, is a nephew of Marjorie Jackson. He said Marjorie Jackson may have been eccentric, but she was not insane at the time of her death, which a judge agreed. Kors was also there to watch police and firefighters gather up the boxes and bags of money that Willard and Robinson had left behind that night, and he accompanied Sheriff Diamond Don Gilman back to the sheriff's office with all the money. Was he was he an actual sheriff or was he a professional wrestler? I think he was a sheriff. <laughs> so he said they had to sleep in his office. Like him and Diamond Don slept in the sheriff's office with all the money that they had found in her house that night. Because, like to, he, It was like the only other relative they had, and it's like... To avoid the appearance of impropriety, it's like, here, I found a relative when we locked ourselves in the office with all these millions of dollars. So, jeez. Nearly 40 years later, the retired police officer is conflicted about the possibility of another lawman would have skimmed money stolen from his aunt. He goes, I'm not accusing the FBI agent of anything, but it sounds like there could be something to it. So, I think it's something that should be looked into. I agree. They should look into it. Wow, Daniel. <laughs> Way to show up. Can't hold still for a goddamn minute. I'm uncomfortable sitting in this I'm chair. I'm then stand I'm up and hold the mic. I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> there you go. You don't need the headphones. I need, need the headphones. There you go. Now, now we can act like you're like a... <laughs> Like in an old game show that still has a, a, a cord connected <laughs> to the mic. mic. <laughs> there. Now what's your complaint now? <laughs> Maybe you should read that last sentence again. Yeah. Can everyone hold still? Can you just stop moving or farting or anything for like, I have this last sentence. He can't do it. Try though. I am not accusing the FBI agent of anything. But it sounds like there could be something to it. So I think it's... <laughs> Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. <laughs> oh, I've had four beers. I feel nothing. <laughs> yeah. Carla, Don't wave quick. your fucking he fart. Does that. Don't I, wave your fart at ha- me. What did I have for breakfast? You can't just wave your parts at people. <laughs> I do all the time. <laughs> So, <laughs> so what did we learn? <laughs> no breaking and entering. Don't, don't. Break. But also, you can't hoard wads of cash. Don't do it. I mean, if you're gonna do it, do a really good job, and no one can ever know. No, you can't tell anyone. I, where is the best place to hide money? Your butthole. <laughs> Dina, where's the best place to hide money? Someone else's butthole. <laughs> <laughs> you don't tell them it's going up there. <laughs> How do you get it back? <laughs> you say surprise. I'm trying to think, where do I hide money from you at? I would steal your change, but you have to put a change jar out and it can't be empty. It's got to have like two quarters in it. So, so you subconsciously 
feel the allure to put your change in with that change so it won't be alone. So you're saying you just leave a couple quarters in there yeah, and, and then, take the rest. Yeah. So that's every skimming day. right there. Yeah, it is. And fucking keeping going. That's how I paid for Disney. Then he figured it out towards the I end. Quit, that's why I quit carrying cash. Yeah, he figured it out. <laughs> I never carry cash. Nope. Nope. See, no one has cash. No one anymore. has cash. That's not the world we live in. Nope. Mostly. I liked that story. That was Isn't interesting. that interesting? It was interesting. Different states, idiots stealing money. Arizona again. Arizona. We have one download in Arizona. Maybe let's look at the second one. Maybe two. Two. Ooh. Um, I'm going to get drunk for this one day. Yeah. Daniel's out of control today. No, I'm not. You're so gassy. It's so gassy. What else is different from any other day? It's so uh. gaseous. <laughs> Can you name this one? Ham doesn't go there. <laughs> it's got to relate to the topic of the show somewhat. Well, too. damn, Ricky. we're gonna call this the curious case of Marjorie Jackson in the Alabama hot pocket. <laughs> I'm surprised no one said, I'm sorry, Miss Jackson. I'm sorry, Miss Jackson. Ooh. I am for real. Never meant to make you turn to cry. I apologize a million times. See, a million times. Yeah. Actually, they say trillion. Trillion. No, I think it's million. You know what? You could be right. So, yeah, I liked that one. There was conspiracy. There was more to it than just, I got mad at my mom or my stepdad. We got to kill this. But I digress. If you say that, it's okay. Is it? Yeah, it is. If you talk and then you say, but I digress. digress. Yeah. And and it's okay. You can say whatever it's just you like want. when you say, like, no offense, but. But you I'm look about like to a offend you. Dirty orangutan tit. <laughs> <laughs> just one tit or two? Just one. <laughs> All right. Anything else we got going on? It had Daniel, twist- I don't think, knows what happened even. Yes, I do. Marjorie Stoneman Douglas. Doing this, I'm just have to like if the mic is not a dick, you cannot hit yourself in the face with it. I'll have to cut all of that. You can hit someone else's face with it though, right? No, not the mic. (laughs) Um, if you've given yourself yourself, yeah, give yourself a five star review every day, folks. You should. (laughs) It's a good (laughs) habit. (laughs) After a long, if I haven't given myself a five star review. At the end of the day, I just can't sleep. So no, always either somebody has to give me a five star review, or I've got to Ladies do it myself. At the end of a long work day, you just take out your little <laughs> notebook, <laughs> write the date, five stars, boom, boom, you're done. Actually, if, my five star review was a euphemism for something else. God damn it, Daniel! I don't want to know. So I if, don't want to know. If you have given your, I was gonna say, <laughs> <laughs> if you haven't given yourself a five star review today. Go ahead and do that. Maybe that's what you reach around and you and you poke the dirty starfish. <laughs> the starfish. You give yourself a five star review. You know, you're checking no, for hemorrhoids. No. Actually, wait, 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 wait. wait. For... It could be. Give yourself a five star review. You check check for bumps and lumps. That's your five star review. <laughs> you're a mammogram. Yourself yeah. a mammogram. You have a breast exam. Set breast exam. Whatever guys have to do. My. My brother has large enough breasts to exam. <laughs> We've talked about this. <laughs> <laughs> Every day, <laughs> you want to check your prostate also. in your <laughs> own personal way, whatever your five star review is. Maybe it's washing your face every night, brushing your teeth, taking out your contacts, 
Check Those are in, my Check five. in your butthole. Check your butt. <laughs> wipe your butthole with baby wipes. That's a clean feeling. Five stars. <laughs> what if it doesn't dry? Then I don't like you it. You just air it out a little okay. bit. You sit like this. <laughs> Dean who has his feet up in the air. With some air and you fan it. Put you, put the stand over the vent. Cool. No, the vent. You stand over it. <laughs> so whatever your version of a five-star review is, you... <laughs> it could be so many you put that on lock and you do it every day. <laughs> when you're done doing that. But yes, you give us a five-star review. Not your version, though. No. You stay our... away from my bowl. <laughs> I <laughs> knew it. Who bleaches their butthole? I don't personally know anybody <laughs> yes, that bleaches fish. their butthole. He doesn't bleach his he butthole. Did. He talks about it. He what tried. What is he doing bleaching his butthole? Well, he tried. You know, He's not a porn star. Like a, a flesh-looking butthole. You know. <laughs> flesh. Or a white one. Like Michael Jackson. You, If you want your butthole to look like Michael Jackson. Oh, God. <laughs> Anyways, give us a five-star review. A five-star review, not the five-star review. A five. If you're going to do less than five, just pretend. Don't, because you wouldn't do that to yourself. Yeah, you wouldn't skip a step. A four-star review is when you're giving yourself a five-star review and you slip and you accidentally go past the second knuckle. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> and you haven't cut your fingernail and you pull it out. Ah! 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 Oh, stop. Stop. I need to go home. I want to go home now. Okay, listen. <laughs> Do the five-star review. Take a screenshot of the five-star review. Send it to our email at who's your homicide at gmail.com. Include your address with that. I promise not to stalk you, and we will send you some stickers. Okay? And a Long picture way. of Carla's butthole. As Bleached. promised for the last one. Bleached. And, Freshly. And they Daniel's, have, they... Daniel's dirty fingernails. Ew! <laughs> they are a little dirty. <laughs> hey, Carla, what does that smell like Stop to it. you? No! I'm not... Why would you volunteer my butthole like that? <laughs> they make it could be anybody's butthole. They really wouldn't know for sure. It'll be, we'll send you a picture of Boris's butthole. butthole. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Yeah. Well, you got a butt? You got time? You got a minute? He has not moved. Good. What else do they need to know? You should like follow us on like Instagram and Twitter at Who's Your Homicide. Find us on Facebook. Like us on Facebook. People message us all the time on Facebook. And, like, we have a response time of less than four minutes. So if you want to talk to us, you can. We are also now on Spotify and Stitcher. Also message us on MySpace. Yeah. What if they actually... Do we actually have MySpace? I'm going to set us up on MySpace. I don't even know if you can use MySpace still. Do they shut it down? No, MySpace is there. I can't find my old one, though. We should go set one up for real. I'm going to set up a MySpace. I'm going to be in charge of MySpace. <laughs> okay. Also, we recently posted a picture of ourselves, so if you think we're ugly, keep it to yourself. We're supposed to be mediocre. That's where we're doing a podcast. Oh, yeah, everything about us. It's a podcast. It's not our faces the majority of the time. It's just our annoying voices. Does anyone remember my username for my MySpace? Yeah, nope. it's a uh, Dumpy Blowfish. <laughs> no, that Dumpy is Blow- that is Xbox Live. Um, your MySpace name is your email. Um, fuck, I don't. Is Stubby Dick twenty three? What was your ex wife's last name? Because <laughs> that's mad. probably it. I got, got mad at me. Who wants you? You want to see it? <laughs> no. no, I, I don't. You... <laughs> Stubby Dick twenty three. <laughs> it's not about the size. It's about the pile driving ass that follows. I'm done with you. Mm. All right, Donna, stick it to the stay out of the corn. <laughs> <laughs>
Hold on, there was one more thing, I think. Ugh. Go listen to Brohio again. I promise they're amazing. They're nothing like us, I can tell you. In all of the terribly wonderful ways, they're great. They have a Facebook page, too, that actually people go on and share horrific pictures of stuff you can't share with your other friends. Genitalia. Like their five-star reviews. Yep. yep. Give them a five-star review. And for honest to goodness, stay, stay out, out of the, the corn, corn desert.